Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. It looks like you won't be getting that COVID vaccine booster shot just yet. The White House wanted to roll out COVID-19 booster shots starting today. But on Friday, an advisory panel for the FDA did not give the go-ahead. As it stands, only the elderly and some other at-risk groups are allowed to get the booster. And we've been hearing conflicting messaging around boosters, and it's caused confusion among the general public. Some folks are reportedly seeking unauthorized third shots. Dr. Emily Landon is always direct and outspoken about the pandemic. She's an infectious disease specialist with the University of Chicago. Aside from the FDA news, we also found out today that we may be really close to vaccines for kids under 12 years old. Dr. Landon is certainly excited. It's great news. I mean, we all expected it to be safe and effective in this age group. All the preliminary information was that it was going to be safe and effective. And this is really just a press release from the company. And it really signifies to us that they have completed and analyzing their own data and they're sending it on to the FDA now. So really, the most important thing that it means is that we are one step closer to getting vaccines for those 5 to 11-year-olds. Yeah, there are a lot of parents who are listening right now, and I know they're breathing a huge sigh of relief at this news. I hear it all the time, weekly, about folks. What about my kid? My kid's nine or eight. And those children, you know, they make up more than one in five cases. And the Delta variant has sent more kids to the hospital in the past few weeks than at any other time during this pandemic. So I wonder how long you think it could be before this vaccine for kids is available. Yeah, so we got some inside information from a pediatrics sort of conference that was happening about 10 days ago, and they said they expected the Pfizer to be EUA approved by the FDA before Halloween. So the other good news is that the cases are sort of coming down or settling a little bit in Chicago. They're sort of hovering at the same level, and that's really promising. That means we're not in an upswing anymore, and that's a little bit safer for kids, too. All right, switching gears to the news that threw a wrench in the Biden administration plans for a booster rollout. The FDA advisory panel on Friday, they voted against recommending a third shot for vaccinated people under the age of 65. What was their reasoning, doctor? Well, we all expect that at some point there are going to need to be boosters. That's pretty reasonable expectation. So this decision does not mean that no one's ever going to need a booster and that no one should have a booster or that it's not safe. It just means that the evidence isn't there for everyone right now. And that means that there is more study that needs to be done. And and I will say I agree with the ruling that they made. So Biden is right that we're eventually going to all need boosters. But it's important to remember what we're using the vaccine for. If we're trying to use the vaccine to stop every single case, then yeah, evidence would suggest that you need boosters all the time in order to do that. But really, that's not what it's for. It is to stop transmission, to slow transmission, put a cushion around that, and to help keep people out of the hospital and keep people from getting serious illness. You know, I know I don't want a cold either. You don't want a cold. Nobody wants a cold. But we don't need to protect people from nuisance colds. And Certainly, some people who get COVID after being vaccinated, they feel like it's more than a nuisance cold. But if they weren't in the hospital, then it's basically a nuisance cold. So who do they think should get the booster shot? Yeah. So individuals who are at high risk or are still at risk of having their antibodies dip to a level where they might still end up in the hospital even after they've been vaccinated if they got COVID. And that group of individuals right now, as best we can tell, is 
older individuals and people who are really medically fragile in that category, especially. So they're saying 65 and up, I think, is what their recommendation was. And that is true. People who receive the Pfizer vaccine who are over the age of 65 over time, you know, if they're exposed to COVID in the you know first couple months after the vaccine, they seem to be just fine. But then at seven, eight, nine months after the vaccine, they seem to get more serious illness as time goes by. Mm. And so those individuals are due for a booster. And then we also know from previously that immunocompromised individuals, the first two shots weren't quite enough for them. And so they need to get a third dose. And I'm, I'm making a distinction here between boosting back up and trying to get immunocompromised people to the same level as everyone else. Dr. Landon, what results have we seen for, for boosters in folks who are 65 and over? Yeah, so boosters reduce the likelihood that those individuals are even going to get a mild infection. And they also add to that cushion of protection that keeps them out of the hospital. And these individuals, you know, when the older we get, the less well we're able to roll with the punches of even minor illnesses, right? So stuff that younger, healthier person could just sort of push through, and I don't mean push through by going to work, I mean like just sort of get through it, might really take an older person or someone with a lot of medical problems, you know, out. And so those are the individuals that we really want to get that. That's what the evidence shows that those people are going to benefit the most from booster. Now, does that mean that young people are not going to benefit from a booster? No, that's that's not what they said. What they said was, we just don't see evidence right now that it's worth it to use a booster in young, healthy people. The vaccine works really well to prevent infection in those individuals already. Yeah, sure, some people are getting breakthrough infections and sometimes those are pretty annoying. And if you live with someone who's, you know, immunocompromised, that can be pretty dangerous. So you still need to take precautions, of course. But in general, young, healthy people can roll with those punches and it may not be worth it. The sort of, you know, there are side effects of this vaccine. People feel kind of yucky after they get it, you know, same as the first and second doses. Yeah. Uh, Doctor, the uh, U.S. isn't just looking at our own data on COVID vaccine efficacy, right? We're also looking at other countries. Uh, The analysis that Pfizer submitted to support the need for this booster, it came from data in Israel. How are boosters working there? Boosters are working really well. Israel has a slightly different plan than we do. They're kind of going for more of a COVID zero type of a thing. And they have had a really great uptake of vaccination. And they were finding that some of their older people were getting more serious infections. And they were seeing a lot of cases in younger people who'd already been vaccinated. And they felt really strongly that they wanted to boost everyone. And they found that the booster prevented even the mild infections in the younger, healthier individuals. But it really also protected the older individuals from having serious infections. And so, I mean, I I know I'm saying this like this sort of the same thing, three different ways, but I think it's really important that there probably are some young, healthy people or not so healthy people who might benefit from a booster. And that's important to know because it's now available. Your doctor can give it to you if they think you really would benefit. But in general, these recommendations are for the whole public. And so there's sort of a difference there. And yeah, Israel is seeing a benefit from the boosters. And so that's what they're arguing for here at the FDA to use it in the place where it's going to be most beneficial. Why do you think it wasn't enough to convince the panel? Well, because it wasn't really preventing much of anything except for minor colds. And that is, while it's desirable and a lot of people want to escape minor colds, you know, we really need to find an equilibrium with the way that we're thinking about COVID. There have been a lot of people who said COVID is not a big deal this whole time. They are wrong about that. 
But once you've been vaccinated, if you're otherwise healthy and you're not having close contact with someone who could have a serious infection, Mm -hmm. you know, so that means you stay home when you're sick, you get tested, you follow the rules that are in place. You know, it's really not the end of the world. And so it's really important that we find this medium and understand that fully vaccinated individuals who are healthy are doing okay, And we don't need to give them an extra day of fevers or whatever side effects they might have. And we don't need to use that vaccine that could be better better used, you know, for other parts of the world where they haven't had any doses yet. So we have to balance this. It's not all about, you know, individually, I need to be 100% COVID free or whatever. This is hard. It's tricky. It's nuanced. You got to wrap your head around it. And Mm -hmm. there probably will come a time when it is important for people who are young and healthy to get a booster. And the more we push that early and the more we scoot up the boosters and get, you know have people get them every eight months, every 12, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, that's really going to be too much. And we need to make sure we're making a recommendation for the community that is appropriate and backed by science. And the best science suggests that people who are young and healthy don't need to rush out and get a booster right now. Well, we've got some folks on the line who want to ask you some questions. First up is Anthony in Andersonville. Hey, Anthony, what's your question for Dr. Landon? I had two quick questions. One, if I'm like out in public, let's say at a festival since that's been happening, and I was exposed to the Delta variant, but I never got sick or got symptoms, do I get antibodies against that if my body kind of neutralized that? And then the second question is, do we know if booster shots are decreasing the amount of like viral load? Because they were saying that people who had the vaccine still shed a lot of viral particles. Thanks for your questions, Anthony. Those are good questions. We're finding with Delta that there's some preliminary evidence out that people are more likely to be symptomatic than asymptomatic. If you develop asymptomatic infection, though, yeah, your body will make some antibodies to it. Will it make as many as it would make if you are vaccinated? No. So even if you've had COVID before, you should get a vaccine. I'm just going to say that. I know you've heard it a thousand times. But in general... Yes, exposure, even with a subclinical or asymptomatic infection, will result in some antibodies. Whether or not that's going to be enough to protect you, another issue entirely. If you are vaccinated and you're exposed and you're asking me whether if you don't get infection because you're vaccinated, if that exposure helps to boost your immunity, it may do. But we don't have a lot of evidence about that right now. We know that that happens with some other vaccines, but we don't have 100%. It should happen with this one, but I don't have any good hard, fast numbers. We don't have data for that. Your second question about whether or not the boosters helps reduce the viral load when you are sick. Yes. There is very little evidence out there about the viral loads in vaccinated versus unvaccinated individuals. All of that talking point and all of that media coverage is coming from the one outbreak in Provincetown, Massachusetts, where they looked at something called the cycle threshold, which is sort of a surrogate marker for viral load. It's not as good as looking at viral load. And it suggested that they were comparable. But there's a lot of ifs and a lot of assumptions there. And it's not that many people. I would like to see way more robust data to believe that individuals who are fully vaccinated have exactly the same viral loads. There are additional papers that suggest that people were vaccinated or contagious for less time Mm -hmm. than individuals who are not vaccinated. There's so much data coming in about this that I don't think any of that is 100% settled science. And I certainly don't know whether or not a booster shot is going to reduce the amount of viral load that you have, because I'm not 100% certain that everybody was tested at the same point in their illness, for example. We just don't know what happened uh, to all those people. We need a much bigger sample size for that. 
Let's hear now from Raimundo in Northwest Indiana. Hi, welcome to Reset. Good morning, and thank you for the opportunity to ask my question. Uh, I had COVID in November of 20, and it was pretty horrendous. I mean, uh, an awful illness. So those people that are still out there thinking that it's a hoax, uh, I've got news for you. I went to the hospital afterwards and got my blood tested, and they said that I tested very high for antibodies. So would that be essentially my first shot? I did get uh, two Pfizer's. The, the first shot, Pfizer, would have been my second exposure, and the, my second Pfizer shot would have been my third exposure. Therefore, the booster, is that, is, am I reading this correctly? Interesting. This is, that's a great question. I think that your intuition about this is somewhat right. We don't have any data, though, to back up what you're suggesting. So from a medical standpoint, here's what we know. We know that individuals who both had COVID and got vaccinated are better protected than people who just get vaccinated or just had COVID. So, yeah, you have an advantage over individuals who just got the vaccine or just had COVID. And by the way, I'm sorry you got sick with COVID. I call it a nuisance cold, but it's not. I understand that it's not for the individuals who get it and have symptoms, but it's a nuisance cold from the standpoint of healthcare resources, right? Um, But it does suck. So I'm so sorry that you had that. But yeah, you are better protected than other people. But we don't really know. Um, The timing of these shots makes a difference. And we know that that makes a difference because it makes a difference in every vaccine. We just don't know what the optimal timing is. So the original trials were designed to get people immune as quickly as possible. They put them as close, the two shots as close together as they could in order to get people immune very quickly. But there may be a benefit to spreading out those shots. It's possible that part of the reason the Moderna seems to be holding on a little longer, at least for now, might be because they're four weeks instead of three weeks apart. We don't know. And so I'm not sure if your two Pfizer's three weeks apart are as good as if you'd had one Pfizer and then you'd add a Pfizer two months later. Mm. I don't know very much at all about the timing because that is something that changes over time for vaccines we've had for ages. The vaccine schedules for kids are different now than they were when I was a kid. They're different now than they were when my ch- my 13-year-old son was a baby. Right. And so we're always learning. Uh, my guess would be if you're older than 65 or if if you are immunocompromised or if you are medically fragile, that means multiple medical problems such that if you had even a cold, it might be too much for you. Then you should really talk to your doctor about the right timing of any boosters. And probably it's going to be a little sooner than the rest of us. And the best thing you can do if you're in a unique situation is discuss with your doctor and use their best judgment to use the vaccine in the best possible way for you. And that equation doesn't work out the same for everybody. And once these things have been approved, it may not be that the general recommendations from FDA are appropriate for every single American. There are certainly unique circumstances and everybody should get a chance to address those with their doctor. So Uh, doctor, you know, some folks are seeking unauthorized third doses. So basically they're just getting an extra COVID vaccine shot. Do you see any risk there? Well, the evidence so far from all of the studies that have looked at boosters suggests that there's not really risk involved in getting these boosters. There's no additional bad side effects or things that we're seeing now. Could we see something down the road? Highly unlikely, because as I said before, as I've said many times, the bad side effects from vaccines usually appear within the first eight weeks, or when I say usually, I mean like 99% of the time. So I think it's probably pretty safe. It's just, will it be effective as long as everybody else is? Are you putting yourself on a schedule to get a lot of boosters pretty frequently? Maybe, I don't know. But I don't think there's really much of a downside except overuse of limited resource.
That is University of Chicago Infectious Disease Specialist, Dr. Emily Landon. Dr. Landon, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's Reset. For more of our interviews, subscribe to this podcast and please give us a rating. It helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.